What's up, everyone? If you were wondering how I've done this podcast, it's based off the Anchor. All you have to do is unload the Anchor app. And even better, guys, it's free. You could also possibly be getting paid to do this. I mean, all you got to do is just download the app. Speak your mind. If you ever dreamed of making a podcast or just anything, let your voice be heard. You can also be known on Spotify, Apple, or anything download. Just go on the Anchor app. Thank y'all for joining me with Buzzing with Marlo. I am Warren Marlo. It is Friday, 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 Friday. I can't exaggerate and say it no more than proud. It is Friday, ladies and gentlemen. You have accomplished another work week. It is the last day. Get in there, grind it out, and do what you need to do to get on started with the weekend. With your family, friends, your loved ones, it doesn't matter. It is Friday. Time to have some fun. All right. Uh, guys, I'm just tell y'all right now, I'm super excited about this episode today. Uh, I, for a long time, uh, if anybody doesn't know me, yes, I have a little boy that was diagnosed with autism at four years old. Um, granted people, you can look at it in so many different ways. When I was a younger I was only 21 and when I had my son. So literally, I did not want to believe my son, not even necessarily autistic. I didn't want to believe that he was special needs. I always believed that if you work with them, it, it results will show. And I thought it was just he was a late bloomer and he would adapt more and more every time. That he was not what we call special needs. Well, fine to find out he is special needs, but my son has definitely grown so much compared to what he what we had to deal with at first. Obviously, with me and his mom not together or stuff like that, uh, pretty much all through the time that he was born, and I know that could have been troubling. I thought that was probably a reason why he was behind on so many levels. In ways, uh, you know, I'm not going to get more into that part because I don't want to sound bitter. Uh, not not necessarily about my son, but just about the other part. And it ain't even about because we're not together or anything. It's just how stuff happened. And I'm sure if you listen to past episodes, you, you know some of it. But my son was diagnosed with autism at four. Um, basically what it is, guys, is kids... The way there's types of autism, um, kids find a way to be adapt uh, to uh, basically a whole. They get attached to things, 
And that's all they care about. That's all they're going to want to care about. And my son's fascination was anything that spins, anything that was round. And needless to say, fans. Fans is the biggest thing that I could say for my son that's with autism. Uh, he, the craziest thing is my son is the smartest person coming when it comes to memory stuff. Uh, obviously, with me having my background for professional wrestling, I lost a lot of memory. And I don't remember a lot of stuff, which I'm better at it now, but my son was based on my memory for a while. Like, it's crazy to believe, like, every time my son comes home, he sees a fan, he knows exactly where he's at. He'll tell you the last time he's been there. He'll tell you what the fan is made from. He will tell you how many spins that it had, what what speeds are on the fan. He'll tell you when it was made. It, he will tell you where he first saw it. Uh, what's the memorable memory of him with that fan? It's just crazy how fast, and, he, and he's so excited when he talks about it. And that's like where his comfort, that he's comfort is based off of the fan. And needless to say, guys, I'm babbling on enough on this, but I have been so diligently trying to find a guest to talk about autism, to talk about... I. I it's hard when you when you go through stuff like this and you feel like you're alone. You feel like that you're the only ones dealing with this. Well, I found some guests that have the same experiences and almost quite similar stories. Uh, my guests today I have is Gina Mitchell and Sam Mitchell. Gina Mitchell is the mother of Sam Mitchell. Sam Mitchell is the boy that has the autism. Um, the boy is doing a mad, marvelous job. Uh, Sam, a little bit about him. He was diagnosed with autism at four. Um, we're going to talk about the biggest things we're going to talk about Sam. Sam, I'm going to teach y'all what the differences of breakdowns for kids that have autism compared to a, basically a normal kid's temper tantrum. Um, that's going to be a big subject. And also, y'all, Sam has a podcast called Autism Rock and Roll. Uh, Sam started that in 16. We're going to talk about what's, what got him to want to do it. We're going to talk about what what has it helped him with and like what gave him the ideas to possibly do this. And the biggest goal is for Sam right now, I will say one of them, is to destigmatize autism. Uh, don't just treat it as like a special needs don't treat it as like, oh my gosh, like they're a handicapped person. No, they're very well functional kids. Um, they just get attached to something. If it's not something they get attached to, they don't care for it. And they just don't care to pay attention towards it. So it's just some stuff like that. And I'm just so excited about doing this chat with Sam and Gina because one thing I loved about talking with Gina was just how similar our situations were with our boys and it's like crazy to believe like wow I wasn't only I wasn't alone basically doing this myself and obviously with my wife and with his mom so it's like it's crazy to believe like wow there is people out there and I want to say this a good lesson for everybody your your biggest your worst day can also be somebody's best day.
I want people to actually really sit down and think about that. Your worst day can be somebody's best day. That means that someone will always have something harder than you. So when you think you have the most hardest struggle of life, think about somebody else. Take a look back, sit down, and think. Who could be having a better or having a worse day compared to what I'm having right now? Is it really as bad as I thought? Um, I'm done with the babbling, guys. I'm so excited to do this. Um, when we come back, guys, we're going to talk to Gina and Sam Mitchell. To being the new member of the Rasp Rebellion, I want everyone to go to the website, repsports, R-E-P-P, sports.com and get 15% off on your first purchase if you do the promo code AP2420 and you have to type in the capital letters of AP2420 and like I said you get 15% off I know with the hard times in quarantine honestly supplements are going to be the best way to go they've got BCAs they have the energy drinks they have pre-workouts uh, whey proteins and stuff I would love everyone to go to Rep Sports dot com to get and use the promo code AP2420 which is capital letters AP2420 to get 15% off on your first purchase. Thank y'all. I'm with Gina. How are you doing? Hi, how are you? I'm doing fabulous. How about yourself? I'm doing really well. Um, let me see. Sam was going to work. I'm upstairs and he's downstairs so let me see. <laughs> I was literally about to ask you what was your son's name so I could at least. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me. I told him where the link was. So, yeah, I have an office and then he has his studio. So, I was like, a lot of times if we're on um, podcasts together, I'm just like, it's easier to <laughs> be in separate well, rooms. Trust me. I, I learn something new about doing a podcast each and every day. It's crazy yeah. that. I thought I know everything, and then it's like someone else teaches me something else. I'm like, oh, so I can yeah. do that too. Oh, yeah. All, All right. right, I'm going with Sam also. How you doing, man? Hey, bub. How are you? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Pretty good. All right. I got both of y'all in here now, and this sounds pretty good. All right, something new. This is the first time I'm doing it with three people, so that's pretty neat. Yay! All right, so who wants to go first? Talk about yourself a little bit first. I'll go. Go for it, Sam. So, hi, I'm Sam Mitchell. I'm a senior in my local high school. And, yes, I run a podcast called Autism Rocks and Rolls. And it's about autism and how we cope with daily struggles that you may or may not understand. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, All right, Gina, you tell us about yourself as well. Yeah. So, hi. Thank you for having us on. We really appreciate it. Um, My name is Gina. Mitchell and I'm Sam's mom and um, I, let's see, so I am first um, Sam's mom and then I'm also a teacher, so I, I'm an educator, so I teach uh, eighth grade language arts Okay. and I work for Sam <laughs> on his, um, with his media company, so I'm his employee. All right, Sam, I want to ask you about your, uh, uh, your podcast. Um, I don't know. What? What got you to want to do a podcast? Okay. 
So um, our our school, or well, our Indiana, we have a big um, Riley Hospital, and that takes care of children who are going to die probably and probably have, um, and yeah. they probably won't make it. But anyway, uh, our they always had dance marathons, like our like colleges where you could play like dance all the time, go with bouncy houses, have cornhole, and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. But anyway, our school had our first one, and I saw people coming down. And I thought, what are they doing here? So they talked about it. I thought it was interesting. Told me to join next year because of all the projects they had going on. Fast forward yeah. next year in that media club. That's where I found the podcasting. And I thought to myself, I did my own, my, our school's podcast is still do called Thundercast. Uh-huh. And I was, wondering, I was wondering, could I make one on my, home, my own, make a homemade podcast? And I did. And Autism and Rocks and Rolls is where it all started. Hey, and that's, that's that's pretty neat. Um, so how what was it? So how old were you when you first started doing a podcast? Obviously, you did one for your high school, right? Yeah. So when I started the Thundercast, I'd say I, I was sixteen, and mm-hmm. when I started my own, I was nineteen. Okay. I mean, not nineteen, seventeen. I was about to say, buddy, you you a senior, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know. You, are, you might try to get some future already over there, huh? <laughs> you just ready to get out of school now, it sounds like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> hey, all right. Um, Sam, I've been very excited to actually have this episode with y'all because me as a as a father of a child, when he was I think three, they kind of diagnosed him at with autism and stuff. And um he uh <sighs> I've learned so much basically being a father of just basically seeing him grow every single day just to see how smart kids with autism can have. And obviously it's based off of what they're focused on. If it's not what they're focused on, they're not the strongest at their type of suit. So what are you mainly uh, your strongest at? Podcasting, obviously, and strong at um, my strengths are probably definitely writing, um, enjoying the great outdoors, definitely, and uh, probably just living life to its potential or trying to live life to the fullest and doing kind of what I want. All right, I like it. Um, what age were you when you basically were diagnosed with autism? Uh, mom, that's her job. Your turn. <laughs> All right, back to the mom for the manager. <laughs> um, yeah, he probably doesn't remember too much about it, but um, he was diagnosed when he was four. Okay. Um, and we weren't really, so. I, I mean, my husband and I, um, we weren't real surprised because he had, you know, was showing behaviors of someone on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And I had... Um, I was a teacher, so I had had a couple of students come through. I wasn't trained in autism, but, um, you know, that was just part of some of my training to be an educator. So Mm -hmm. he was kind of reminding me of especially one high school student that I had and with some of the behaviors because he started um, lining things up. And, um, you know, if he messed with the stuff, he would just have a complete meltdown. you know, he was very, very smart. Like you said, he was like, really wasn't playing with his toys. He was organizing them mm-hmm. in like these really sophisticated categories. So I was like, what is happening? Yeah. 
I'll admit and, organizing is fun. Yeah, he's he's pretty organized. And then um, I just can remember loud noises was just the huge issue. And then you know he was just kind of pretty. He was pretty unpredictable with his mood and what was going to happen and and stuff. So yeah, we when we got the diagnosis when he was four, you know she. I just remember her saying. Now, it was a behavioral psychologist, and she had observed him for like a month in his preschool class. Mm-hmm. And um, I just remember her saying, I don't want you to freak out when I say this word. And then so she said, you know, he's probably on the spectrum, autism spectrum. And yeah. of course, we didn't freak out. I mean, I've, at first, at, from a mother's standpoint, I was um, kind of felt sad just because, you know, as a parent yourself, you don't really sign a piece of paper that says you, I will you don't. Do you don't definitely put yourself in a situation for it, and I mean, you don't always ask. You don't ask for it, and I mean, anybody like parent wise would be like, you know what? We just got to make the best of it. Um, the biggest thing about with my son, he was diagnosed with so much stuff. Sadly, a poor kid didn't even really fully walk until he was like six. The mm-hmm. way we knew for a fact there was possibilities of him being autistic was his biggest fascination and still is to this day is anything as a fan a fan is his biggest thing and and it's kind of like that's his memory as well like if he's in a building that he the only way he'll know where he's at if he looks at a fan and that instant flashback and he'll tell you where the fan came from where Mm -hmm. it was made how many spins it has on it 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 blows my mind how how much knowledge he has when it comes to a fan. But when it comes to numbers, it ain't happening. He ain't caring nothing about it. Matt just needs to throw himself out of the book because he don't care. <laughs> it's quite you know, yeah, say plus and minus. <laughs> you know, like, uh, you know, you said that he, you know, he has the strength of you know, doing that. Um, I just think that's part of the problem excuse me, with society that I think people, you know, and I think Sam can talk about this more with his mission, but mm-hmm. Sam is really on a mission to kind of de-stigmatize yeah. autism, that people may look at your son or they may look at Sam and say, oh, he has autism. You know, there's probably a lot he can't do, but mm-hmm. look at this, look at this skill level that your son has. I mean, as he gets older, I don't know how old he is now. Uh, he'll um, be nine in April. <laughs> okay. But as he gets older, um, I mean, you know, himself and you as his parents, you can tap into that. Um, If he can remember the how many times it turns or the fan, can you imagine what that can translate to job wise? I mean, I know he's only nine, but I think that's the biggest misconception is that if, if somebody's on the autism spectrum, there's something wrong instead of there's something right and there's and there's a huge skill level here that's being ignored yeah i I agree with you on that i mean i didn't think as something like he was special like when i was a i mean i was really young when we had him i was really like 21 when we first had him and it was like i didn't want to believe like my kid would possibly have special needs like not try to be mean on this category or anything. It was just like, it's based on how you raise. Like, I just felt like I didn't want my son to be treated anybody different. And obviously with him, my kid's tall as a freaking beanstalk at almost nine years old. It's crazy to believe like I'm one of the tallest in my family. He's almost at my chest. And it's like, you're not even 10 years old yet. 
you might play a center maybe in middle school or something like it's crazy to see like how much it just different things that they grow on and the biggest thing my son would always love to do is when he grabs somebody's phone he would know how to work that phone better than anybody a smartphone my son taught me how to really use this smartphone i didn't know um there was a certain button that you could do look at two apps all in one because he he sit there and he'll look at youtube and our family photos because me and his mom have not been together we haven't been together since he was basically born and um it's been kind of a little trash with him obviously what he's with his mom he doesn't see mommy daddy pictures together stuff like that he sees just mommy and what's going on in mommy's life so when he comes to my house he comes he sees all the daddy he's obsessed with my mom like that's his basic i joke around that's really his second mom around here because he treats her like that's like his mom in ways like it's crazy to see just how adapt he gets i mean for him to learn how to walk and stuff like that he he had a lot of help he had to have speech therapy stuff like that um Sam, did you ever have to have speech therapy or anything like that? Or? I still do. You yeah, still do? Yep. Not vocal. It's just social cues, honestly. Okay. I'll give her yeah. a shout. She's an amazing person. I'm not going to lie. She's great. <laughs> she Well, he um, Sam did have speech therapy. He didn't. When he was two, um, he was only saying 10 words. And yeah. that was like, you know, at his checkups and stuff, that wasn't typical. And so we did, he did have speech therapy and yeah, he's 18 years old and um, still does speech therapy for receptive language because his okay. expressive language is fine. He can express himself very yeah, well. Happy. Um, but I'll it's just make your face. <laughs> yeah. Well, <it's> just, <laughs> receptive language, you know, that's just where how he receives conversation and how he mm -hmm. enters and leaves a conversation. So he still needs help with that. But um, but yeah, that, uh, our stories are his, you know, your son's and my son's stories are pretty similar. Um, I, I was really excited about doing this because I really just want to like, the one thing I love about a podcast is like, you get to pick brain and you know, the saying, Oh, walk a mile in my shoes in a way. That's what a podcast is. You're walking in somebody else's shoes. You're seeing how they feel. You see how, how they live. You see what stuff they went through, what they've learned, what helped build their skin to make them a tougher person than what they are. I see it as that every single time I do these episodes and I've been trying to find something that involves with autism because I've been wanting to embrace that for a long time. Like, yes, autistic. Yeah. It's a little different, but you also got to think, man, these kids can be the most brainiac people on the planet. If it's something that they're really intrigued by, like my son, he loves, he loves anything. I mean, he has a different phase every time, but he's in big in Transformers right now. Man. He don't care. Hot Wheels and Transformers are like his main things right now. Like he'll tell you everything, anything about him. And it blows my mind because I remember Hot Wheels has been out forever. And mm -hmm. I don't even remember the year that they were first made. And my son could tell you just by looking at one. And it's crazy just to see how much they analyze every single time. Um, Sam, I know you got a strong suit of podcasts, but when you were younger, what was some of the stuff that you were more attached to? Uh, younger, I don't know, but I can tell you I was a well, I'm attached to this when I was younger and older, and now still probably professional wrestling to this day. Hey, there we go. Uh, 
I don't know if you saw it. I mean, you see the picture on the thing. Uh, I used to be a former professional wrestler for about six years. So really? I love that. Yeah. Who are you? <laughs> hey, man, I was just a little old red, white, and blue uh, mask character. But yeah, man, it was absolutely a blast. Are um, you Mr. America? What's that? Are you Mr. America? Oh, my goodness. Uh, we'll never know. But um, no, I was known as American Prodigy. I never was like in WWE or anything like that. I was mainly in the independent circuit but yeah um i wrestled for about six years obviously fake stuff really does hurt and <laughs> when you calculate it concussion wise you might have to hang it up faster than what you would want so that's kind of like how that happened as well but yeah man um uh were you a big john Cena fan do, do, do. no there you go oh no <laughs> He changes movesets all the time, and I can't find and figure him out. <laughs> I love it. So, um, but yeah, Sam, so, uh, tell me, so you were big on professional wrestling? Still am. Still am? Uh-huh. Uh, what, what intrigues you about, about wrestling? Um, the, okay, this is, so we got superheroes, right? We got superheroes. We got Superman. We got Batman, Wonder Woman, Joker. But what I like about them, this is real people acting like villains. It's like mm -hmm. your comic book coming to life. Yep. So that's what you get. You get a super villain in your own hands. You don't have to like turn on a TV to go see a super villain. You know, this is a real mm -hmm. person. Maybe yeah. not like how he is in real life. But hopefully not. But <laughs> this guy is on on his program that he that they created, and I love it. Yeah, I I love. The one thing I like about wrestling and one thing I learned when I started doing it was it's based off of the body work. It's not anything you're saying. It's not a line that you're reading off of a paper. It's you're telling a story based off of your body work. And that was one thing I had to learn very hard when I first started. But I do want to get back in the autism chat, but I love the fact that you like wrestling. So we'll get in a little bit of that, too, to get, get a little bit more excitement. But um. Mom, I want to know what was some of the experiences that you had, obviously, with him being younger, growing up, basically dealing with the autism and stuff like was it tough challenges at first or was it kind of like just easier? It got easier every single day. Obviously, you were like you said, you were a teacher. So obviously you had a kind of a little bit of an experience kind of with. It. Yeah, no, <laughs> it never got easier. Um, yeah, I agree with you that. I, I wanted to say something <laughs> on it, but I I know everyone's got a different opinions sometimes. So trust it me, not it is not an easy task. <laughs> not, but I will say this. Um, well, I don't know. I, I I could come at this with a lot of different angles, but it, you know, as your as your as your child that's on the spectrum grows older, the challenges change. So mm -hmm. when he was, you know, between the ages of five and eight. Um, you know, we were dealing with meltdowns. We were dealing with major tantrums yeah. and, you know, and then from, you know, when he matured a little bit from like 10 to 15, we were like dealing with this mouth that you just wanted to, you know, like mm -hmm. throw out the window. And then now he's <laughs> in a phase. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, I mean, but that's a pretty it's a typical kid, but he, um, now he's in the phase where he's an adult and, mm -hmm. um, does still have some challenges. And, um, you know, we're trying our best to let him be as independent as we can, because he can be 
So the, mm -hmm. so the challenges have changed. But what I've always said was, um, yes, you know, I'm a mom of, uh, of somebody that's on the autism spectrum, but I have yet to meet a parent that says if they have a, a child that's typical or a child that does pass autism or doesn't have autism. I have yet to meet a parent that says it was smooth sailing. Everything was good. So right. <laughs> about podcast, you gotta have an open mind. So it's like, yeah, I agree with you on that. But there's some people like I'd say an example like pregnancy. Obviously, there's some girls will be like, oh, it was the worst thing in my life. Then some of them be like, hey, I could do it all over again. But it's just kind of like that in expense. So it's like I I know what I had to go through with him, which I'm still dealing with stuff with him now in his days. Like he is now starting to pick a mouth. And it's a it blows my mind. I'm like, dude, you're literally almost nine, but you the way you talk sometimes it makes you wanna just it might yeah. make the old AP come out one day. Like literally it's just like that moment on sometimes. So it's like I'm still trying to learn how to deal with it and stuff. Okay. So but I don't mean to interrupt you at all, and I apologize. But um, no, but but what about this? You know, like when I was growing up, I I am not on the spectrum, and um, I was horrible to my mother. She knocked me across the room a few times. Yeah, you a couple. And, times. Um, my brother was even worse, and we're not on the autism spectrum. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, in my opinion, it's just my opinion, is. Um, the parents of people that are on the spectrum definitely have challenges, but mm -hmm. I don't, I personally don't feel like that. Um, I don't know. I don't want to say that they're harder. They're probably mm -hmm. harder than some things, but then there mm -hmm. are parents that also have children that are special needs that maybe they think it's harder than what I'm going through. So I guess it's just, it's all circumstantial and, nobody nobody raises a teenager and then says that was just perfect that was wonderful oh, yeah. all the <laughs> and so oh, yeah. guess what i'm trying to say is that i i personally feel like that our children are pretty typical <laughs> yeah pretty typical. i mean the way he has the mouth but he has those nervous breakdowns too mm -hmm. and that's where it gets to a point sometimes like it's just like you want to take care of them and stuff, but you wish you could take whatever they got, go away because like he just has like little panic attacks and stuff like that, and it it freaks me out sometimes because I have tough skin. But when it comes to my son, because like I said, I don't have him all the time. I, I kind of more like baby him in ways and like because I don't want him to have memories of me like literally. Hey, every time I go back to dad's, I'm getting in trouble or I'm mm -hmm. getting punished or something like that. So it's kind of like I. I, li I like to call it I'm like a tissue compared to what I'm normally with my daughter, with him. <laughs> well, and I think that it's just a whole different ballgame. I mean, it really is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it is so hard. I've, I felt like to find a balance of even now, even as an adult, like, do I let Sam struggle and figure this out? Because, um, you know, Sam's you know, Sam is very determined, you know, to move out here in a couple of years and I'm not going to be there every second. So do I let him struggle and figure it out or do I rush in and save him every time? And it's hard. It's hard to figure out when you should, when you shouldn't. Um, so I completely understand that. I, I can remember him having the meltdowns that you're talking about 
And, you know, if I would say, well, Sam had a meltdown, I'm not talking about, it's very different than a tantrum. It's a Mm -hmm. complete sensory meltdown. And um, I can remember thinking like, okay, is he doing this because he really doesn't want to like pick his toys up or is something really going on that like we need to work through right now? That was Mm -hmm. very hard to differentiate. Um, and, and I, after 18 years, I, I'm much better at it, you know, you ain't a rookie at it anymore. I'm at that medium stage, I guess right now, obviously the rookie stage, I say, I think the rookie level is probably after he's six. And then obviously you go to the medium level and then maybe I say maybe 15, we'll go back to a novice, but. You'll I, never get to be a pro at it in place. No, I, I feel like I'm back at square one some days, honestly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, Sam, I want to know, Um, obviously, like I said, my son's a big fan of this fans thing. So when the fidget spinners came out, oh, my goodness, we had to buy every single one that was in the store. Did you ever like those things? Nope. <laughs> nope. No, I thought they were kind of hey. dumb. They were kind of annoying honestly if your son liked things that's spun that would make complete sense that that would that would be right oh yeah. yeah and i'm not exaggerating when i say he wanted every single fidget spinner that was possibly in a store or anything like yeah my mom would literally buy anything he would want so literally for <laughs> christmas he would have he would literally get, I think, a total of like 50 to 60 fidget spinners oh, wow. per family. And it was like, what are you going to do with all this? <laughs> he's like, I'm just putting in this toy bin. Like he had this whole toy bin filled all the way to the top with fidget spinners. And then he wanted more because obviously they had the cartoon characters and everything on it. So he would he would think those are the most ancient, like monumental ones. So we had to get those. And <laughs> Like literally, I have no fidget spinners for days. Huh? We had to get every pro wrestler. I can remember. I I know what you're talking about. (laughs) Oh, he he was at that stage when I was wrestling. I actually had action figures of me, and Matthew was all all for it. Like (laughs) that's when he thought Daddy knows John Cena and AJ Styles. Like he'd be telling people, like I, Daddy knows AJ. Like I was sitting there, like Dude, I might wrestle, but I don't know all these guys. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> There's a different title, <laughs> but it was, he would tell everybody not have to have him. Like, Daddy, I want to go to AJ Styles' house. Can we call him? <laughs> I'm like, Sure, son. I wish I knew him. Like, sure, cool. <laughs> I think it's really cool that you that you were wrestling. That's I I had to Google you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, you're good. Yeah, American Prodigy. I, I did. Uh, if anybody wants to get technical with it, yeah, it was like a Deadpool mask. But here's the funny thing. I have license to that mask because I got that made over in Japan on this uh, website called Elucha. And they made my mask because obviously when I was coming up with an idea, there was only one typical mask they had. Obviously, if anybody's norm- used to the old wrestling, it was called the Patriot. And that was the only mask that you really had out there for American character or the one where Hulk Hogan had Mr. America. So I was like, you know, I'm going to be creative with it because I was a fan of Power Rangers when I was little. So I was like, I'm going to mix that, a little bit of Spider-Man and that together 
and make the American Prodigy. And um, it came out great, but then Deadpool decided to premiere literally a month right after I had my first debut. So I started getting chants called American Deadpool every almost every other week for almost a year before I finally solidified my name as something different. So it was very interesting. And I like to always tell people I had license to that mask. So that's my mask. Yeah, I'm sitting here looking at it. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It looked very detailed and everything. I was just and people would always like, man, I think they're like, I'm going to report you to Marv. I'm like, jokes on you. I have license to this mask. (laughs) That's awesome. So, so, um, all right. Uh, Sam, do you like sports or anything? No, I don't do sports. I don't do baseball. I don't do football. Nope. Okay. So, um, obviously you like writing and stuff, Sam. So what, so what are you looking at doing after you graduate high school? Um, I'm hoping to go for, um, either go to Ivy Tech to transfer my, to do my general classes and then transfer to um, another school, which is like an hour from here to Vincennes. And that will be for either mm-hmm. media or tourism. Cause I do love to travel, but not travel. I like to help people like find their des- destination, like help them travel and find some fun for them in San Antonio, Texas or something like that. So you kind of like want to be an agent. Yeah. There you go. I like it. It's kind of like what your mom's doing for you right now, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> I joke with him and tell him I don't see the paycheck yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I want to I want to go back a little bit on the podcast, Sam. So, what do y'all mainly talk about on your podcast? Do you have guests? Um, do you basically do like little skits, skits or something? Um, like, what's your podcast really about? Yeah. So it's about daily struggles, like I said, how we cope with them. Some are about guests. I've had Dr. Temple Grandin, Simon the Jumdar. Oh, well, I should they are. Dr. Temple Grandin, who's like the biggest autistic advocate in the world. Simon the Jumdar, who's the all-headed guy on Judge on Food Network shows, such as got shows such as Guys Grocery Games, Cut Their Kitchen, He Plays for Autistic Charities. Mm-hmm. James Derman, who's the fourth runner-up for American Idol. He has autism, but also Tourette's. Uh, Bonnie mm-hmm. Williams, who's the first openly NASCAR autistic driver. Um, Manny Harvey, who is a musician and deaf and appeared on the 2017 AGT season as the fourth runner-up. My Taekwondo instructors mm-hmm. and Peter Lance, who's a vegan developer who has autism. And recently, Jay, Jason McElwin, who is who shot three points, who, th- who shot 20 points in a single game, and he has autism. But I also talk about other stuff, like some stuff that we have to deal with every day, like I have no filter, not at all. I, mm-hmm. Sometimes I always do that um i don't make plan b's i struggle with conversation i'm excluded a lot i don't do friends that well i struggle with changes meltdowns anxiety i have really bad anxiety mainly anticipatory anxiety because mm-hmm. i always joke around say it's not the answer i just want to know like what's going to happen like when will this end is going to be a yes or a no either it used to be the answer but now i'm chill it's like okay i'll move on I've done analogies. I've compared autism to pinball to an airplane. I like I like how you said you compare autism to pinball because I think that's like kind of the perfect example in ways on it. And I want I want to know a little bit about with with you having trouble with conversations and stuff like that. Like what what's the most struggle that you get with the conversation? Um, mainly entering X name, but also keeping it going. 
I'm a, I know mm -hmm. I'm that guy like like cut the crap, just get to the point. Honestly, <laughs> that's the clean version. Huh? That's the clean version. <laughs> well, he. What'd you say? What's going on? I said that's the clean version. Mm -hmm. <laughs> his, I think, um, too, just from his mom's perspective, just looking in, um, you know, like for somebody that's not on the spectrum, it's it, it's kind of natural. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you learn that as you grow up and nobody really says, OK, so this is how you come into a conversation. Um, you know, you have to talk about what other people are talking about before you just completely switch the topic mm -hmm. and this is how you leave a conversation. I mean, that just kind of comes natural, but to people on the spectrum, it, there's no, that's just not how their brain is wired. Yeah. So I think Sam would just have a hard time. Like, okay, they're talking about something that I really don't care about right now. And my mom says I should go talk to people. What am I supposed to do? I don't really care what they're talking about. So what do I do? And so that's, that is what I always saw was, and you know, like people, especially at that awful age of like middle school, high school, they, um, they're just not very nice. Yeah. So they, they, they have this, these preconceived notions about, you know, this kid who to them seems awkward or weird or quirky. So they're like, we just won't deal with him. Mm. Like, let's just do our thing. And then as you know, you get to be an adult, you don't have that as much, but, um, that's kind of what kids do. Yeah. Uh I agree with you on that. Like that's been one of my biggest fears, obviously when my son gets a little bit older and stuff, because he hasn't went through the middle school. He hasn't really even went through. Oh yeah. He's about to get, Oh man. Yeah. He's about to be in the elementary area. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> yeah. Father Pierce over here, you know, <laughs> but, um, he'll be okay though. Like, you know, he'll, Sam just had to, um, I don't know, just, I hate to say just figure it out, yeah. but that's sometimes what it what you have to do is just mm -hmm. let them figure it out. You know, of course, help them and support them, but mm -hmm. sometimes they've just got to, you know, like Sam would do that. Sam would come home and he would say, okay, you know, like the first day of school um, in any grade, especially in middle school, he would come home and he would say, okay, like this is this is how my day went. And so he had to figure out the routine yeah. and you know like we could go into a grade and kind of figure it out but he just he had to think okay like this is the time that i can see based on what everybody's doing that i have time to talk to people mm -hmm. this is the time that i really need to focus on my studies this is the time and that took him two or three weeks to figure out what the routine was mm -hmm. and that took work that took work you know for him to do that yeah um, I want to know, um, was it, did he basically have a lot more educational wise with, uh, tablets, like some with the smart devices, because my son, that thing is attached to his hip and it amazes me how much stuff he learns from. <laughs> well, they live, I mean, you know, like even my son, even though there's a, you know, quite an age difference between our children. Um, that is their generation that yeah. that's, they don't know what life is like without the internet. I mean, we are to that point, like my son, he doesn't know what that means. You know, like I know exactly what that means, but, um, I don't know if that has 
you know, and maybe it, with being on the spectrum, technology might come easier to, to kids that are on the spectrum. But mm-hmm. I think a lot of that is just being their age in 2021. Yeah. That, that's all they know to do. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's probably a combination of both. But, yeah, yeah, we've got nieces and nephews that can just – from a very young age, pick up a phone and, and they know what to now, do. Like I've seen some kids now are like five having cell phones. Mm-hmm. And my son is actually asked me if he could have a cell phone. I'm like, dude, I didn't even get a cell phone until I was like 16. Like <laughs> what makes you think you mm-hmm. get one? And he's like, well, I want one. I was like, did you work? Did you, do you have a job now? Like what, what, what's going on here? <laughs> he's like, I'll pay for it. I'm like, what do you got? Mommy said you give me money. I was like, oh, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I can remember seeing. Yeah, he was probably about the same age. He wasn't much older. And I just looked at him like, who do you need to call? Like, Like who? Ghostbusters. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He was probably 15 or 16 before he got a cell phone, before I let him do any kind of social media. I mean, I was... We were pretty strict on it. Oh, man. You got it good, buddy, because all we had was those uh, MP3 players. And, (laughs) man, those things were – those were gold. Like, that was like – you were, like, in the group if you had an MP3 player because those things you could just put in a little computer, even though you have that long USB cord. We didn't have the ones where you could just plug into the computer now. Like, you had the AOL (laughs) beep-o-beep type thing. So – I don't know if y'all know that struggle yet. <laughs> they probably don't. <laughs> we have that 10 minutes of just waiting for that thing just to sit there and beep, regardless if you had that computer muted or not. You still hear this thing all through the house. <laughs> uh-huh. And I know you like being a wrestling fan. I would just do that just to go on the WWF network. Like That was literally all I did when I was on, on the internet. I would always search something about wrestling. So, um, Sam, I do want to know... Um, what what makes you so excited about wrestling? Do you do you watch mainly all WWE or are you watching the new Redhead Stepchild all AEW WWE. as well? What gets me excited is the stories. Mm-hmm. The stories that make me want to go like, what's going to happen next? Like this mm-hmm. new story of Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt that's going on. It keeps making me want to like, what's going to happen next? Oh my goodness, you know? This is mm-hmm. a common life still. This oh, endless yeah. pain of this. I can make a story about this. Mm-hmm. Have you ever um thought about doing something with wrestling? Not well, like actually being a wrestler. I'm talking like like something like obviously doing like a podcast about wrestling or something like that. Um, I might do some episodes about wrestling in the future, but mm-hmm. I've considered doing a considered being a referee, but I can't slide the correct way. Hey, hey, I will tell you this right now. I actually started out as a security guard for a wrestling promotion. That was me getting my foot in the door, basically, because what we call is pay you dues. And usually, if you were wrestling, whatever, you did the wrestling school, whatever, the first time to actually get in a show, you had to do a different side job, like either be a referee or be a security guy. Um, The funny thing is, I told my job I was about to be wrestling in a show, so I literally got all the excuse I could to get my day off of work and found out I almost got fired just so I could go be a security guard. 
which I didn't know that because I thought I was supposed to wrestle in that show that night. So I told all my family, my friends, and they packed that building up because it was almost in my hometown area in Fernandina where I lived in Yuli, and I was like not even 15 minutes away. So I had all my friends and stuff just basically laughing at me because I was a security guard, not in the ring. They <laughs> 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 almost thought I was lying for a little bit too. So that was my first experience in a wrestling. That's funny. <laughs> you don't know how mad I was too. Like literally I had to make a story up like, yeah, they had me in the ring and I got hurt because I did this. And I, and I had to make something up because I was like, man, my whole family was there. I was very popular in school. I was known for basketball. So in that same building, I was basically known for a very good scoring title in that area. So it was like <laughs> literally everybody's like in a way security guy that was like sitting a bench in a basketball game type scenario. Like it was just kind of weird for me. And I was just <laughs> mad as can be. I had to tell my mom, yeah, I got hurt doing it. Like, they were all wondering why I wasn't in the ring, what happened. And then the next show they had, obviously, I debuted, and it changed everything. But, man, that was a rough two weeks. Like, I thought I was supposed to debut, and they were all just sitting there picking on me like, man, you ain't wrestling. You ain't doing that. Like, you might be working with them, but you ain't wrestling. And it was just like, ah. I was so mad for those two weeks, man. I was (laughs) – that was the worst – feeling ever <laughs> that is well i told him before like he's um you know he used to keep these google docs of all of this made up i mean like hundreds of pages um mm-hmm. for years and he used to write down um, matches and like whole seasons and we were like maybe wwe should see this because he's <laughs> he writes i mean he it, it's amazing what he can do what oh, yeah. kind of like son how he can remember things you know sam can remember especially with like the um wrestlemanias one to 36 you ask him you give him a number and he can tell you move by move every single thing that happened not in order but just give him a number and he can oh, do really? that so well, it's, all right it's you want incredible. me to talk about sam <laughs> uh, put him uh, on the spot all right uh 33 33 the one where they were in Orlando. I was actually at that one. Oh, cool. Well, first of all, good job being in there. Um, the main event is Roman Reigns versus The Undertaker. Jim Ross came out for special commentary, I do remember. But Undertaker should not have been in the ring, but Roman bounced back off the ropes, like I think, like five times and hit him with the spear, and he got your winner. Mm-hmm. And Undertaker let his hat down like he was retiring, which he really didn't. Oh, oh yeah. Um, we we sat in that, that stadium – for an extra hour waiting for him to get out of the ring. Like, we all thought that was it. And one thing I learned when I was a wrestler, obviously you don't mark out. What we say mark out is basically be a fanboy. Like, you can love the sport, but you also got to show, like, hey, maybe eventually one day you could work with these guys. So you show it as professionalism. And I was very popular for that. Like, there are some matches I can never say I wrestled because I was signed in a contract to say, hey, if people were there, they know about it. If they don't, that's it. That's tough luck on them. Like you had to kind of be careful and protective wise like that. But um, I, that was one night I actually marked out when Taker did all that because when he kissed his wife and stuff, because he's never done that. And that was really something monumental, even though the match 
really did stink the joint. But that was the night I actually respected Roman Reigns because he took care of Taker in that match. He did. And bless both of their hearts, man, because I know Taker wanted to give him a very good one, especially going into hip surgery. So I love that one. So here's a quiz, Sam. What was the most monumental thing about WrestleMania 33? Who returned? The Hardy Boys. That a boy. You got it. That talent. You got a talent, man. Thank you. You can ask him anything. I, I promise you he'll know it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I love it. I, that's really cool. It, I, and I, that's one thing I love about wrestling, and that's why I asked him if he was a John Cena fan because my son was head over heels for John Cena ever since he was born. And the hustle, loyalty, and respect and the never give up attitude actually helped Matthew adapt mm -hmm. through every lifestyle he's had so far. Because I tell everyone to this day, man, for an eight-year-old boy, this boy has went through more surgeries than I have. Um, he has went through so much. It's like it was at a point where you were at the doctor's office and they said, hey, we're going to test him, see if he had this. He had almost everything they tested for except one. And that was and the biggest thing was um what was it? A hole in his brain. That was the only thing that he'd never tested positive off of was that. And I and it's crazy to believe just how he is with everything in life is he smiles about everything. And I love your sense of humor, Sam, because that that just tells you how strong of a person yeah. you are. Well there's a reason why I think humor is because um lots of people are a lot of times sad. They gotten depressed mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. what i learned is i've used um laughter to gain some happiness and to and move on from the uh, cruelties of these realms and we need it especially in these times yeah i i want to know um what was your experience like basically having to deal going through school knowing that you're a senior now and obviously you don't really care for like the friends and all that but was it any effective basically Going through the COVID era. Oh, it's awful. Corona is awful. <laughs> Don't worry, man. Your mom might let you have a beer in about another two years. <laughs> uh, COVID sucks. Huh? His pap COVID sucks. His pap balls have already. His COVID sucks, but his pap balls already given him a beer. So. Oh, there you go. <laughs> it was good. I got, was it a Corona? Oh, it was really good. <laughs> Yeah, was it was a corona? chocolate flavor. <laughs> okay. He asked if it was a corona, Sam. No, it wasn't corona. It wasn't a corona. <laughs> oh, man. I That's just great. love the fact that we are going through this and they named it after a beer. That is the funniest yeah. thing in the world to me. No, I thought the same thing. They named it actually after a um something in your body, actually. Yeah, I, I, I know that. I was just trying to make a joke saying oh. like it's named after a beer. Oh, but I, I think it's funny too. Oh yeah, I I love it. Um, so you said Corona sucks and everything, but like, has it done anything to actually help you get more prepared for life outside of high school? No, but or is it just the fact that you're like, I'm ready for this to be done? Well, I'm ready for it to be done, but it has taught me something. It's taught me to cherish um everything and live life to your fullest because you never know if you get to see tomorrow. Because look at some people are on ventilators right now, and they may not get to hear about that Timmy got to graduate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
I yeah, like that. It's been, and it's really messed with people. I mean, just people in general, their mental health. But, you know, there was a time where Sam wanted to know, like, when will this be over, mom? And I'm like, I can't tell you that. You know, he, he needs an answer. And I had no answer. I still don't have an answer. I laid in bed for a couple of days. None of us do, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly right. And but that didn't help when I would say, buddy, we're all going through this, but in his mind, but I don't care. That doesn't help me when you tell me that. Yeah. Like, tell me when it's going to end. And if I could have said this will end in two, like December 2020, that's when it will all be over, Sam. Even if it was like April when he was talking to me about that, he would have felt so much better had yeah. I, I could have given him an answer. Uh I like how you said that because my son uses the terminology. He doesn't say sick or anything. He calls it germs. And that's been the biggest thing that we've been telling him is like, oh, it's germs. Like his mom told him that. So we have to tell him, Matthew, you can't go in there because it's germs. And we got him right in March when all of it started. Uh, the only job, well, I work at a warehouse, so uh, grocery department. So obviously our job wasn't shut down and that was probably the most madhouse time I've ever worked in a warehouse was when the beginning of COVID because I'm sitting there like, I mean, in a way people are like, Hey, I hate the fact I don't have my job and stuff like that. But I'm like, y'all at least getting a break. Like I still have to go early in the morning, which I'm not going to complain. It was the best thing ever because there was no traffic because no one's allowed to be outside or anything. So it was like traffic was perfect. Obviously, the only thing you worry about is hitting a deer in ways. Like, that's the only thing you had to really worry about. But COVID era, like, my son, when he's with us, he has certain top, certain things that we always got to do. We always take him to McDonald's. We always take him to, like, a bouncy house or something like that, let him play, because there's, like, a little fan type thing in there. And that's, like, his favorite thing. Like, my son would live to just be able to go on a trampoline, and go to the jump house that he always wanted to go to. That's all he wanted. And let me tell you, I got the, those were the first times I ever witnessed his little, his panic attacks, his temper tantrums was when those were gone from him, he thought his life was ruined. Like it was over. He didn't care for anything. He would shut himself in his room. And there was sometimes like he would be so aggravated, he wouldn't eat. And, mm -hmm. It's hard to deal with stuff like that. So mm -hmm. I could only imagine what Sam was going through, obviously, through the COVID era. Luckily, yeah. we were hoping all this would have been over by, obviously, everybody was hoping when New Year's Day came, the mask was going to be thrown away and all that. Uh, still got a longer time. Uh-huh. It was Sadly. tough. It, it really it really was. Um, but... You know, there were times when, like you said, he would just like go to bed and and, and lie down. And I, I mean, I would just like, you just got to do what you got to do, you know? So it's, I don't know, we'll get through it. I mean, I can see the, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. So. <laughs> oh yeah, I totally agree. Um, Gina, I want to know what, what experiences you had to deal with, obviously being a teacher and stuff going through the COVID era, like, has it been, do you like the fact that, are you doing mainly online schooling or is it, you still have kids going in the class? Because obviously so, in Florida, we have schools up and running. It's just, they have a choice if they want to do it on computer or not. 
Oh, there's no choice here, um, which thank goodness as from an educator, because I didn't want to, I just, I didn't want to have to do both. But since March um, of 2020, when it really started, um, we've on and off been going in person, um, virtual, and there for a while we even did like a hybrid situation where it was 50-50 and that was awful. Oh, yeah. Where half the kids would be there one day and then they would be there. It was, that was terrible. Um, but yeah, it's been virtual has been, I've tried not to complain too much because I've still had a job and, um, you know, you were kind of talking about like people in the, in the, in the uh, grocery industry, like in education, we couldn't stop either. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, uh, they said overnight, um, you have to go, you have to teach online. And we were like, we don't know how to do that. And there was no, you know, professional development or training or anything. We just had, I mean, I, I joked and said, if you give a teacher a project and you tell them you have 72 hours to figure this out, because we had to, we were told on a Friday that we would be teaching virtually on Monday. Mm -hmm. If you give a project to a teacher and give them 72 hours, we'll, we'll do it. Like, we'll figure it out. We'll do it. And we did it in 72 hours. We figured out how to how to get this to the kids. But um, it's definitely very challenging. It's it's just a whole different ball game. And yeah, we need to, we need to get back to the classroom <laughs> ASAP. <laughs> hey, I I know one thing I say about COVID. I think it's basically a reset button for so many people, and. Um, you can just only take what you can get out of it. Like how I said, when I got my son was starting out in March, usually I'd only get him like three or four times out of a year just because yeah. he's in school now. So it's like, it's harder to deal with that. But during the COVID time, I got him a lot more because school's out. School wasn't going on for a while. So it's like, you got online school. So this was my first time actually experiencing school with him because I never got to go to kindergarten or anything like that with him. Because he lives like eight hours away from me. So that was a little tough task with that. So, but that's one thing I was just say a good thing about COVID was just, I mean, it's not a great thing, but at least it right. made you realize what you appreciate. It makes you appreciate what you got now a lot more. Then when it comes back, you'll be more appreciative of the movie theaters, going out mm -hmm. to eat, stuff like that. Like you'll, you'll use it as like, uh, appreciation you're not just using it as like a necessity absolutely yeah although it's been really tough um on everybody at the same time you know like i know um we spent more time together and you know you, you hear people say we actually sat down and like ate dinner together because we couldn't leave the house and so there definitely has been some some positives but but lots of challenges along the way for sure oh yeah all right. Um, we're about to be closing it up soon. So, Sam, tell me a little bit about your podcast. How how long did you usually interview? Um, like, what, how long do you have a certain time limit on your episodes? Uh, no. I keep it as long as I want. If it goes two hours, heck, it's two hours then. There you go. I like it. Very short and sweet. I love it. <laughs> if it's nine minutes, nine minutes. If it's, if it's 10 seconds, it's 17 seconds. There you go. There you go. Hey, believe it or not, since I've done this, I was I was a little skeptical when I first did this because I was like, 
I don't think I could even go 20 minutes. And I did my first episode. And the funny thing is I just woke up one morning and I was like, you know what? I was thinking about it nonstop. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and record. Let's see what it's like. And I just did an episode talking about myself, talking about me just being a wrestler and stuff like that. And I went almost an hour. I went literally an hour. And I went up to my wife and I told her, I was like, I don't know if I should be proud of this or I'm doing good or I need really big help. Like I'm talking to myself on a video recorder. And I was like, I don't know if people are going to listen to it. And the first day I published it, I think over 450 downloads in the, in the first two days. And I'm like, people really wanted to hear me talk. Like, (laughs) well, I mean, when you have a guy that literally you saw nothing of, and maybe you saw me get beat down more than anything, scream USA. And that's basically all you got out of me. So I guess coming out and then obviously I rode the coattail of AP a little bit for the podcast because the way I left, was based off an injury. So I did this also to kind of like say, Hey, you know what? AP ain't dead. Um, Mm -hmm. I might've been on a stretcher when you last saw me, but it was based off a story. It wasn't like, Oh, I really almost died in this match. So it was like, I'm okay. And I guess that helped in ways. And then it was like, you know what? We actually know who Warren Marlowe is now, not other than just AP because for the six years I was AP I was very protective of my character. I, I love to use the example. I, I preferred to be Superman than I did Clark Kent. And then when I got told about my concussion and stuff like that, I started basically appreciating being the Clark Kent instead of just depending on the Superman. Right. And that was a tough task for me at first. And plus, because I just got married and we just found out we were going to have our little girl. And that made me realize, like, hey, I need to kind of, like, slow it down. Because there was times, because, like, every weekend, I would always be traveling somewhere. I would never be home. Mm-hmm. And I, and my wife is a, a, a golden person to this, for this lifestyle, because it is not easy. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like a military family household, except you're, you're able to be around but you're not in the same time because either with the boys or you're figuring something out, how to embrace and get better at wrestling. Because the thing about wrestling is it's based off of how many shows you can go, how many reps you can do and how much more you can get your name out. Social media helps only 10% of that. (laughs) The rest of it is you doing it. So I took so much pride and stuff, what I did for it. So I loved it. Do I regret any of it? No. But there's also some things I wish I didn't do also because maybe I would have a more longevity standpoint in it. But you learn from it, and it and that's what makes you a better person each and every day. Um, Sam, I want to just say this, man. You are very inspiring because I, when I first found out about my son being autistic and stuff like that, I was thinking – because just how my dad and everyone, my dad likes to say the wrong things at the time, just how he is. And he was like, he might not be able to drive, something like that. Because you also see kids that have autism and it's a lot worse in ways sometimes too. So you think of the worst, obviously, when you're first dealing with it. You're not really like just taking back and like, okay, 
we'll figure it out. Like you're thinking of the worst, like, Oh my gosh, like what the heck? And, um, it's great to see somebody being very successful at it. And I mean, it's not always easy. Gina, a major gold medal to you too. Cause I know it's, it had to been a struggle for you as well in ways. And you're still learning more and more every day. I'm still learning more and more every day. And it's just amazing of how humble kids or anyone can be that have these talents. Like I actually would say it talents in a way because in ways they're smarter than the average bear and maybe more than Einstein in some things if it's in that topic that they're attached to. Well, um, Einstein had autism. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, he, he had autism. I was going to see if anyone would have <laughs> caught on to that. I love that. He had autism. And so that's just kind of goes to show you. But, you know, from a, I, I agree with everything that you say, but from a parent standpoint, I think, you know, um, you, you know, you said, we'll figure it out. You will. Mm -hmm. And, and you're going to figure it out the best that you can. And, and, and I think of times where I think, oh, I wish we would have handled that differently or no, you know, but like I said, we, everybody we're in this together. And, um, I do have to say before we hang up, um, Sam does have some major sponsors that we really need to say, if that's okay with you. Well, yeah. Um, I, I need to say some thank yous, but, um, Sam, do you want us to do it or? Yeah, sure. So you can, so we want to thank Wellspring Pain Solutions. We want to thank Commercial Service. We definitely want to thank um, the Green County General Hospital, um, Heather Hudson, or Life Path Counseling, Salon 45, Bell's Built Automotive, and CPA Tax Service. And Perfection Autoglass. That's why I said that. Okay, perfect. Those are Sam's sponsors that are really helping him take um, his podcast to the uh, a much higher level. So we always want to say thank you to them. But most of them are, I think all of them are located in Indiana. Um, and then with Sam's website, uh, www.autismrocksandrolls.com, everything <laughs> is there. Everything, like everything, um, you know, where you can mm -hmm. listen to his podcast and sponsorships and um, all of that jazz. So having him on your show. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, Gina, I, it, this was an honor to have both of y'all on and stuff like that. It's just, it's really cool because like I said, and like how you said, you've never really been able to just meet somebody that has, or obviously had a child that had have autism and stuff like that. Cause it's rare in ways, but it's an amazing thing in ways too, because it makes you more appreciative to a lot of things. Um, Sam, is there anything you want to finish up on my friend? Obviously, with the Elimination Chamber going on tonight, who are you voting for? Drew McIntyre. Oh, man. I probably have an interview with some <laughs> other things. I have other podcast things. Okay. But, but I'm voting for Drew McIntyre. What about the SmackDown one? Uh, Daniel Bryan. Oh, the yes, yes, man. <laughs> you believe it's coming back. Um. <laughs> All right, Sam and Gina, I appreciate y'all doing this, and I hope y'all have a great, great night. Thank y'all. Yeah, we'll get your stuff on our website as well. I meant to tell you that. Um, I'm working on it right now as we speak. I'll, I'll put, um, you know, Sam's website has a quite a, an audience now just after two years of it being there. So we'll 
put all of your information on um, his website and make sure we make sure we give you guys a shout out. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank y'all. And Sam, if you ever want a, a guest for a professional wrestler, I will gladly do it for you, my friend. All right. There you go, Sam. There you go. He his um, season, his next season starts, and like what he's he's booked for about six or seven months. But um, oh, we you have know a- that struggle. Like I, <laughs> I have to keep up. I literally have to put an alert on my on my calendar just to make sure I remember. And I felt bad about the recording earlier today because I was like, oh, that's not them. I had at least six recordings to do today. <laughs> that is completely okay. We will, we kind of have a, a a list of people we don't want to forget. So I'm, I'm sure we'll be talking to you again in the future. <laughs> Thank y'all. And I hope y'all have a great night. All right. Bye. All right. Bye. All right, I want to give a major shout out to KC Graphics. Um, they literally are phenomenal. I just had them do my Wild Boys flags for upcoming for Panama. Uh, phenomenal look. They did a, such a great job, detailed everything. And not only do they do flags, guys, they do backpacks, uniforms, wedding invitations, pictures, you name it. If you want it, they will make it. Uh, they will not disappoint you. And if you need to get a hold of them check them out on facebook and instagram at kc graphics design uh, that is kc graphics design i'm telling y'all y'all will not be disappointed uh they do phenomenal check them out kc graphics all right all right time to get going home cute first and foremost man i simply simply want to say thank you to gina and Sam Mitchell for coming on here today and just wow I I I can't even explain it man it's so awesome just to be able to talk to them Uh, especially Sam man just seeing how much he has grown and even though the struggle with COVID going on right now and his basically his senior year homeschool um it's crazy to believe just how well progress he's getting and man just some of those guests that he's got on his podcast man y'all check him out check him uh check out autism rocks and roll um i think it's on you can get it on any platform um i'm gonna check some of them out too and hopefully one day i'm gonna be a guest on there as well uh it was awesome to have a little wrestling chat with sam as well uh it's always it's always nice to on that that's one thing that i I strive so much on even though I'm not doing that anymore it's just I still can help with kids and stuff like that like they see wrestling like how I still see it wrestling was always like superheroes to me always like larger in life you were you were the big guy on the little pond type scenario and it's awesome to see people still like that uh it's crazy to see just all the struggles that he's had, um, but see where he has come now is really just a really awesome thing. Uh, it was really good chat. Um, definitely would love to have them back on again. Um, but I hope everyone enjoyed this episode. I know I'm babbling right now, but I simply want to thank all y'all because if it weren't for y'all, there would not be no buzzing with Marlo. 
there would not be any wisdom or anything that I have right now. I get so much good feedback every single week on these things. Uh, and I'm staying true to what I say, man. There's not going to be one particular topic on this on this podcast. You will see, you will hear from wrestlers, you will hear from authors, you will hear from motivational speakers, you will hear from actors, directors, producers, cam- com- camera people, um, photography, I mean, you name it, I'm going to try to bring it, and comedians, which I got those up in the look now, so it's pretty awesome, and even better guys, I know people have been asking me, uh, flag football. I'm going to bring some of that as well. But also, shout out to the Studs Podcast. They will be promote, They will be publishing their new episode on this day. Uh, check them out on Spotify, Anchor, where you get your platforms. Uh, wherever you get your podcasts, they should be on it. And they also are on iTunes now. Congrats to them boys. Uh, check out my boys, Savion Mixon, uh, Jay Rambo, and Jordan McKenzie. The, them guys do a play-by-play for just a four-on-four jacks uh, league that I play in. I, I'm passionately about every single weekend, uh, every Saturday and Sunday, man, you see me grinding on that four-on-four dra- uh, jacks. Uh, just a great family, brotherhood. We go out there and compete 100% every single night, every single day, and at the end of the day, we're all hugging and basically brotherhood that's one thing i love about flag football i think that's one reason why i'm not so coped on not being in a wrestling wrestling anymore is because i have found a brotherhood and it's second to none man second to none uh like i said check out studs podcast they also got a recent episode i might say if you don't like cussing you might not want to check that episode out but check out the recent episode on studs podcast where they talking to my boy jamie harper um jamie harper there's nothing that this man hasn't done in football. Uh, I call him the football guru. I met Jamie a long, long time ago. I think I was still in high. I think I was almost. I think I was in middle school when I first met Jamie, and he was a big, big, big dog coming right out of Trinity. So it was like he was just about to go play at Clemson. I think the first time I met him. And um, we we came close, obviously playing flag football. Uh, shout out to my boy Sidney Smith, uh, putting a heck of a team together. It's crazy to believe. Longest time that I did this, I started a four, a five on five team on the four on four jacks, and I didn't know anything of some of these guys, and found out these guys have been doing this for a long, long time, and at a big level. Uh, shout out to them, but yeah, man, y'all check out the recent episode with Jamie Harper on Studs Podcast. It was amazing, awesome. You could not explain about flag football from somebody's perspective, no more than Jamie Harper. Also, Jamie Harper is number six ranked in the U.S. of flag football right now, in the worlds of flag football. Uh, shout out to him. Congrats to him on that. But yeah, y'all check out Studs Podcast. Uh, if y'all are really intrigued about flag football, because I know people tell me all the time, like, man, I didn't know it was that serious or that it's that that awesome. Like, I want to try to start playing soon. Like, it's it's not for everybody. I will say that, but it's you never you can't knock it until you try it. 
And I tell you, man, I've had the absolute most fun that I've had in so long playing flag football. And like I said, it's helped me not being in the ring now. It's helped me kind of like distract myself from even having that itch. Because I know y'all hear some of the episodes. I'm like, hey, I'm thinking about one more. I'm thinking about one more. I am. I, we can have this breaking news, whatever you want. I will have one more match. It's, I'm just not guaranteeing it. It'll be this year, next year. But one more is in my is in my mindset. And I want to have a very good farewell with an amazing... I call him the role model of me that actually made me the man I am now. Uh, and I'm very appreciative of what I had. Uh, American Prodigy will make a return one more time in the near future. I'm not saying when... Where or how? Hopefully my wife don't listen to this or she will probably be throwing a phone in the back of my head. But, alright y'all. I know I've been rambling off enough. But, like I said, I want to give a shout out to uh, Sam and Gina Mitchell. Uh, Check out the podcast Autism Rocks and Roll uh, by Sam, man. Cannot go wrong with it. Some of the awesome guests that he's had. Also, they have autism. He explains about autism. He's basically, his goal is to literally eliminate any things that y'all fear about people that are autistic. And he's trying to make it just like, you know, it's like an everyday life and make it as like somebody that's normal or whatever, whatever you want to think. It's not something spe- not rare. I mean, obviously not everybody's autistic, but it's not making it seem like, oh, there's something wrong with them. It's just something that God blessed them with and they just more knowledge on the thing that they like more than most people. I will say that. But thank y'all. I hope everyone has a good weekend. Uh have some fun, man. Um sun's about to come out if you're back in Florida, if you in the Florida area, weather's starting to look real nice again. It's starting to look real nice again. Last weekend, man, I think it was almost in the 90s. Uh, funny thing is, I put on sunscreen and forgot to put some sunscreen on my legs, man. I had some red, red legs for the for the first three days after that. But, all right, y'all. Time to get the goal home. Time to wrap it up. Uh, four on four jacks this week. Uh, my team, Wild Boys. Y'all rest up. We, we got some more work to do. Uh, shout out to Apex Predators and Why So Serious. Y'all are the game of the week this weekend, so I want to see some major ball out from y'all two teams. Uh, Fun time, and I just love to see competition just all around. But obviously those two have been the highlighted teams this week. So, all right. All right, time to get to go home cue. First and foremost, I want to say, everybody wash your hands. Stay safe, stay clean, do what you got to do, protect what you got, and I will be back when I have more. Down the road. Later. How's it going, everyone? Warren Marlowe off of Buzzing with Marlowe. Uh, if you haven't, I know with any platform that you are on, uh, to keep having us grow more and more, uh, we are so grateful that we've gotten the iHeartRadio gig. We would like everyone to like, subscribe, and just add our channel 
It helps us keep growing more and more. Also, leave five-star review. Uh, leave reviews. Um, what we will also do is post little messages. Leave us messages of what, how y'all think about each episode. What y'all, what y'all got out of it? What, what do y'all want us to talk about? What do you want us to kind of get the topics on a little bit? I mean, it's anything and everything. So, like I said, everyone, please like and subscribe on any platform that you are listening to us on. We greatly appreciate it. Also, stay tuned every Friday for Buzzing with Marlo. Thank y'all and have a blessed day. Thank you.